If you think that Christianity is for grandmothers and Girl Scouts, you aren't strong enough to be a Christian. Christianity requires strong, valiant, courageous men who are willing to go onward into scary places as they are commanded by God. And that's what Joshua was charging those people to do. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. While Christianity certainly is for grandmothers and Girl Scouts, if this is the picture you get of the Christian life, you may not be familiar with the story of Joshua. To go where God was leading him, Joshua was going to need strength, courage, and bold faith in God. So let's listen now as Pastor Trent continues in the series called Onward, Don't Stop Now, and tells us the secret to having the strength and courage required to follow God. Here's Pastor Trent. So let me give you the big idea of this week's message. Now, the good news in these last three messages, there's really only been one point. Do you like it when the, the pastor has a one-point sermon? You like that part? Now, this one has, it's just one point. There's about 47 subpoints, but the, the one point of the message today is this. The strength and the courage to go onward is the byproduct of meditation on God's word. That's the point of the message. Now, we're going to break down those three very important words. We're going to find out what is strength, what is courage, and what is meditation. The reason this is so important for us to learn is because, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the world is a scary place. Have you noticed if you have read the headlines of the paper or if you have watched the evening news, there is a lot that you could be frightened about. There is terrorism, and there are killer viruses, and there are there is a weak economy, and there's relational difficulty on a more personal level. There are some of you that are fearful of losing your marriage, or losing your children, or losing your lifelong savings, or your retirement accounts. There's all kinds of things to be fearful of. Some of you got a terrible health report in the last few weeks, and there's even the fear of death. There's so much that we could be fearful of. Do you know what happens when God's people get fearful? God's people stop moving onward. There is no onward progress where there is no strength and courage. I got an email this week from a good friend of mine. His name is Bob Lapine. Bob is the co-host of Family Life Today, daily radio program, heard nationally. And, and uh, Bob was re- recollecting a time back in the early 80s when his two daughters were very young, four-year-old and a one-year-old, and they slept in a room on the opposite side of their master bedroom in the house. And uh, fortunately, back in the 80s, they invented these little nursery monitors. How many of you had these little nursery monitors? You remember these things? You could set one by the baby in one side of the house and on the other side of the house, and you could spy on your children through the baby monitor. And uh, Bob remembers waking up one night in the middle of the night, hearing a man's voice on the nursery monitor speaking to his children on the other side of the house. He was speaking just softly and gently to one of his children while this creepy music box music was playing in the background. He's like, we don't even have a music box. What is going on? And that made it even more creepy. And so Bob just remembers being 
paralyzed by fear. What is going on on the other side of the house and what should I do at this point? Should I race in there and tackle the, 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 the assailant or should I call 911? Well, Bob gulped real hard and got out of bed and began courageously and slowly shuffling down the hallway and opened the door to his daughter's rooms only to find that they were both sound asleep with no one in there. Curiously, he walked back to the master bedroom and picked up the baby monitor and recognized that the voice was actually his neighbor who had just purchased a nursery monitor that was broadcasting on the same frequency. <laughs> he was talking to his children in the house next door. Well, there's a lot of things that might terrorize us. or And, and the problem is when we... We get paralyzed by fear when we don't have the strength and the courage to move onward. But you know what the number one thing that keeps Christians from moving onward? It is the fear of obeying God. We think, what will this cost me? What will happen to me if I do everything God tells me to do? Here's a better question. What will happen to you if you don't? <laughs> That's a better perspective. And so we find Joshua here with that same dilemma. So we're going to dive into Scripture here, Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read about 11 verses here, and we're just going to kind of march through it. I want you to notice that verses 5 through 9 are a record of the words of God. Don't rush past that. God has chosen to speak to Joshua calling him to be courageous. Beginning in verse 6, I want you to read with me the first four words. Be strong and courageous. Let's read that again. Be strong and courageous. We're going to see those words four different times in these 11 verses we're going to read. So God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I spoke to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. In case you didn't hear me the first time, let me repeat myself. Be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Would you underline the word success there at the end of verse 7? It's a very important word. We're going to talk about what that means. And then verse 8, I just want to say this. Verse 8 was one of the most foundational and formational verses that God used in my life as a young Christian. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Underline the word meditate so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Underline prosperous. And then you will have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Uh, yeah, God, what was that command you gave? Um, I remember something about being strong. Oh, yeah, be strong and courageous for the third time, he says it. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That ends the recorded words of God. And then the next section, we read words 
of a courageous leader, Joshua, who's calling his people onward. We begin in verse 10. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in and to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh Joshua said. So he identifies here in verse 12, three of the 12 tribes of Israel. These three tribes were going to get to possess the land on the east side of the Jordan River. That's where everybody was standing right now, and Joshua was calling everybody to go onward to the west side. But these three tribes are like, we're already here. This is home for us. This is what God told us to do. So do we have to go over there and fight those big, ugly giants? Well, as a matter of fact, you do. Verse 13, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives and your little ones and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan on the east side. But all the men of valor... Let me just, you cannot pass those three words without making a comment. Do we have any men of valor in the room right now? Now, let me, I, I didn't prepare you for that. A grunt would be appropriate at this point, okay? Let me back up and give you another run at that. Is there any men of valor in the room? That's right. You know what? A lot of people think, I didn't say growl, that was scary. If you think that Christianity is for grandmothers and Girl Scouts, you need to understand you aren't strong enough to be a Christian. Christianity requires strong, valiant, courageous men who are willing to go onward into scary places as they are commanded by God. And that's what Joshua was charging those people to do. He wanted to get some men of valor to go into occupied territory into the danger zone and occupy this land that was promised to them. So all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed. I will resist the temptation to give a lecture on the Second Amendment at this point, but they were to be armed. They all had their concealed carry permits and they were ready to go. <laughs> armed before your brothers and shall help them. Until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you, and they shall take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them, then you shall return to the land. So they're to go over, fight the battle, and then when the battle is won, they're permitted to go back to the east side and live on the east side. Take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. Which direction does the sunrise? The east. So they were going to be on the east side of the Jordan. Verse um, 16 begins another conversation. So in the first section, we saw God charging Joshua to be courageous. The second section that we just read, it's Joshua charging the people to be courageous. The third section that we're about to read is the people now charging Joshua to courageously lead them. Verse 16, and they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. That is a statement of a strong and courageous people. 
you hear what they're saying? We will do whatever you tell us to do, wherever you tell us to go. That's the hard attitude of a strong, courageous people. Verse 17, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Hopefully they'll obey actually a little better than they obeyed Moses because they grumbled to Moses and didn't like him. Actually, that was the previous generation. God didn't let them see the land. So here's this young, new, next generation of believers, and they're saying, we've got more courage than our parents had. We are going in. And it says uh, at the end of uh, verse 17, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. You know what he's saying? They're saying, you know, Joshua, we're not so much impressed with your leadership, but it's going to be a lot easier to follow you as our leader as long as we know that you are following God as your leader. And that is what gave them confidence to move. Verse 18, whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death only, fourth time, be strong and Courageous. Is there an echo in the room? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. First Joshua hears it from above. Now he's hearing it from below. Everybody is charging Joshua to be strong and courageous. But the strength and the courage to go onward is the byproduct of meditation. So let's talk about these three words. Let's give them a definition. First of all, let's talk about strength. What does it mean to be strong? To be strong means that you are supernaturally empowered to complete every assignment that God gives. Joshua was called, his assignment was to strap the weight of God's people on his back and lead them into the promised land. Up until this time, Joshua had relied upon the strength of Moses, but Moses was dead and God was now calling Joshua to be strong because there was no one else to lean on other than God. God had given him such a difficult assignment, it would be impossible for him to complete without complete reliance upon the strength of God. There is no onward progress where there is no spiritual strength, no strong determination, no strong endurance to get to the finish line. God was calling Joshua, and now God is calling us to be strong to move onward. Now, when I say strong, some of you are thinking of a misunderstanding of strength. I am not talking about an ability to lift weights. I am not talking about an ability to run a marathon. I am not talking about an ability to make money, to rule, or to push, or to bully. I am not talking about being an intimidator or a dominator. I am not talking about a false manhood. We are talking about a complete reliance and dependency upon a strength that lies outside of you. What does it mean to be strong? It means to be relying upon a God-given power that gives you the ability to do something totally disproportionate to who you are. That's the kind of strength God calls us 
to have. To be strong means to be able to withstand intense pressure to conform. It means to possess a power to endure spiritually demanding tasks. What it would look like is for a man to be willing to strap the weight of responsibility on his back and carry it for his wife and for his family. Strength is shown when a man knows he's been wrong. And rather than covering and hiding and excusing and blaming and kicking the dog, he humbles himself, he admits his failure, he seeks forgiveness, and he moves on to do what God has called him to do. Strength is shown when God entrusts a man with an assignment that is way too hard for him. And yet he doesn't give up, he doesn't tap out, he doesn't back up, he doesn't quit when things get hard. Are you strong? The truth of the matter is, there are some seventh grade boys in this church that are much stronger than their 42-year-old fathers because they are willing to do what God wants them to do wherever He calls them to do it. And they're willing to endure the hardship to get where God wants them to go. Now, when we talk about being strong, and when you think about, am I strong here this morning, what you need to understand is God just doesn't give a random strength. He gives you strength for a specific assignment. God gives strength for something, to do something. Strength is not tested until God gives you something to do that you are incapable of doing without His presence. So what has God called you to do? Is it to carry the weight of your family? Is it to stay put where you are and to to learn the lesson God has for you? Many times God gives you the assignment Not because he wants to do something through you. God's giving you that hard assignment because there's something God wants to do in you. Our strength is developed when we exercise strength. When I go to the gym, I I lift weights. And it's amazing how lifting weights, exercising strength, gives you more strength to lift more weight. You can't get strong without the weight, without the pressure that God has given you. Philip Brooks was a 19th century New England preacher, and he's famous for a statement that he said. Here it is. Don't ask for tasks equal to your strength. Ask for strength equal to your task. The man who relies on God's strength realizes, I'm too weak to do this apart from the strength of God. And so what has God called you to do? You know, our culture right now is creating a generation of young people that, quite frankly, are weak. We've communicated to a younger generation that you can rely upon the strength of others to take care of you, to coddle you, to pamper you, to change your diapers, to pay for your diapers. And God is calling many of you of the younger generation to quit relying upon the strength of mommy and daddy and youth pastor and the strong people around you and to rise up, take possession, go over and exercise some strength, a supernatural ability 
empowered to complete every assignment that God gives. So be strong. Here's the second word, be courageous. What does it mean to be courageous? Let's give it a definition. Courageous is having an abundant confidence in God's presence and promises in the face of fear. You think Joshua was afraid? You bet he was afraid. He'd already been over Jordan. Do you remember? He was one of the two spies that went over. He was the bridge of spies and went over and, and he got to see what was going on on the other side. And what did he see? He saw big, ugly, stinky, strong giants in the land. And they were intimidating. And yet, because he had a, a courage that lied outside of him, he went before the people and said, they're just like little grasshoppers. You know what you do with grasshoppers? You step on them. And it's a little therapeutic. You hear the crunch and you just kind of feel strong in that moment, right? Well, that's the way you think that you're so sick. Well, it, that's, that's the way that Joshua, that's a courage. I mean, are you afraid of a grass? Some of you are. You're afraid of a grass. You should step on one. It gives you a great sense of accomplishment and strength. That's what Joshua saw was his assignment as he went over into the land to conquer that land for God's glory. He was courageous in the face of fear. Let me tell you what courage is not. Courage is not the absence of fear. Let me tell you what courage is. George Patton, the famous general, said this, courage is fear holding on one minute longer. G.K. Chesterton said, courage is a strong desire to live taking the form of a readiness to die. If those don't impress you, John Wayne once said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Ambrose Redmond said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important. More important than my safety more important than my security, more important than my significance. I'm going onward in the face of fear because what lies on the other side is so valuable, I've got to take possession of it. World War I flying ace, Eddie Riggenbacher said, courage is doing what you are afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. And so it's doing your duty under fire in the face of attack. Courage is not doing something big for fame and glory. Courage is doing something right no matter what it costs. That's courage. And you know, courage is not even needed until God gives you an assignment that's impossible to complete without Him. But here's the promise. Look in verse 9. The promise is this, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. The promise is that God would be with him. Not that you wouldn't be afraid, but in the midst of your fear, God is there. Do you see the little three-letter word for in that verse? Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. God never calls you to do anything without Him. You know, this past week there was a, there was a school delay on Tuesday. 
And, uh, you know, if you're a parent, you start getting those calls like at 5.30 in the morning. They tell you, you know, there's going to be a two-hour delay. It wasn't for snow. Thank God. It was for fog this time. And there was a two-hour delay. So, you know, the children are so happy about school delays. And, and so they get to sleep a little later. You know, we didn't have to go down and wake them up early to go to school. So we, we just kind of let them sleep. Andrew and I are up. We're getting ready for the day. And, and um, all of a sudden, Scott, our newly adopted 10-year-old son, um, comes rushing up the stairs, frantic, with terror in his eyes. What had happened was he, we, we let him sleep past the time that he normally wakes up. So when he woke up, he looked at the clock and realized, I'm supposed to be at school right now. I wonder if they forgot me. He sleeps down in the basement. He's got a room down there. And, and he didn't know we were up just, you know, getting ready for the day or whatever. And he didn't know about the two-hour delay. But he, Scott has had many experiences where he has been forgotten, where he has been left alone to fend for himself. And so terror was rushing through his body, and he raced up the stairs to find, he was, where is mom? Where is Allie? Where is Leah? What he was asking is, am I alone and that was the source of his fear. And, and that was just rumbling around in his heart until Andrea grabbed his chubby little cheeks and said, Look at me. I am here. I am with you. You are with me. I have you. You are not alone. And the fear subsides. That's the promise God gives to us. No matter what you're going through, no matter how terrorized you are, God says, Look at me. I've got you. I'm here. You are not alone. Do not be frightened for the Lord, your God. He emphasizes who he is. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. That's where courage comes from. Dennis Rainey is famous for speaking to men, and anytime he meets a man within about 20 seconds, he's going to ask you a question. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? And Dennis says, I'm shocked at how many men look at me and like, I don't think I've ever done anything courageous. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? Now, if you're thinking right now, I went to the dentist last week. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I asked my wife out for a date, you know, when I was 18. Listen, if your courage resume is a little short, could it be? It's because you've never understood the Lord, your God, is with you. Don't be paralyzed to stay where you are in your progress with God. Get over your fear and go over Jordan and go onward into doing things that require courage. What are you scared of? Is your courage resume a little short? How might God be calling you to trust that He's with you in challenging and even scary circumstances of life? Just as God commanded Joshua, He also calls us to be strong and courageous, knowing that He is with us. 
Well, I hope you'll join us again next week for the conclusion of Pastor Trent Griffith's message. And we want you to know that wherever you are in your journey with God, you are welcome at Harvest Bible Chapel. We invite you to join us this weekend at one of our two campuses in Granger, Indiana and St. Joseph, Michigan. Service times and campus locations can be found online at harvestgranger.org. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus. Thanks for being with us today. And I hope that God's word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel, Granger, harvestgranger.org.